Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. For seven weeks here after the Easter miracle, we're listening to stories from the book of Acts. Today's story, we've already heard once. Miss Heather told it to our children, but let's hear it together in the way it's written in the scriptures. I'm reading the first 19 verses of chapter 3. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer at three o'clock in the afternoon, and a man lame from birth was being carried in. People would lay him daily at the gate of the temple called the Beautiful Gate so that he could ask for alms from those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he looked at them for alms, and Peter looked intently at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Jumping up, he stood and began to walk. As he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God, all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized him as the one who used to sit and ask for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's portico, utterly astonished. When Peter saw it, he addressed the people. You Israelites, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our ancestors has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and rejected in the presence of Pilate, though he had decided to release him. But you rejected the holy and righteous one and asked to have a murderer given to you. And you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And by faith in his name, his name that has made this man strong, whom you see and know in the faith that is through Jesus, has given him his perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, friends, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers, In this way, God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, that his Messiah would suffer. Repent, therefore, and turn to God 
so that your sins might be wiped out. I know that several of you know that my son Brendan uh, works here in Buckhead. He works for uh, Guffey's, which is a men's clothing store in Tower Place. And he gives leadership in the, in the tuxedo rental uh, area of that business. Well, as you might imagine, 2020 was not uh, particularly kind to the tuxedo rental business. Uh, canceled proms and delayed weddings and all of that, but it has picked up significantly. All those delayed weddings are happening now, and they're pretty busy. Two, three weeks ago, he went to represent uh, the store at a, at a bridal uh, expo at the World Congress Center, a major bridal event, and there was just line after line of tables, booths, vendors, as far as you can see. Photographers and florists and uh, wedding dress designers and caterers and all the rest. Well, at one point while he's there, the World Congress Center, doing, there was a guy doing his job, coming around and emptying out the trash cans uh, that were spaced uh, every now and then between these, two bo- between these booths. And the guy stopped at the trash can between uh, Brendan and his booth and the booth next to him and started emptying the trash. Brendan reached back, grabbed some uh, cardboard that was behind it, handed it to him, made small talk, chit-chatted with the guy a while. The guy got it all packed away in his cart. He was headed to go get the next load of trash. And then he turned to Brendan and said, Do you see how many people are in this space today? Look how many people, Brendan, look. All of these people, you'll be the only one who speaks to me all day. Thanks. Can you imagine what it feels like to go through life, to enter into the world invisible to almost everybody? Our stories about another man, lame, dependent, beggar, who throngs of people would pass every day, but nobody saw. They never really saw him. They, they might toss a few coins his way as they passed through the beautiful gate into the temple area, uh, but they were busy. And then one day, three o'clock in the afternoon, he's sitting there begging, shaking his little metal cup. Peter and John made their way through the gate. And he sits there, vacant, hopeless, rehearsed. Spare change, spare change, hoping somebody, Peter, John, somebody will drop something in. And what he got instead was the shock of his life. Instead of a few nickels and pocket lint, Peter and John looked at him, looked at him. They noticed a person. And Peter said, look at us. Now we've got three sets of eyes, people looking at each other. The scripture uses the words fixed, intently. They're actually looking at each other. Peter says, I don't have any change. I've got something better. In the name of Jesus and Nazareth of Nazareth, stand up and walk. 
and he did. This didn't go unnoticed. <laughs> keep, it, keep in mind that, that Jerusalem, the population of Jerusalem back then was, a, was about 60,000 people or so. It, it's about the same size as Warner Robins, right? So the people, the in and out of the temple crowd pretty much knew each other, right? And they certainly knew who Peter uh, and John were because they were counted among the rebels. They were part of that handful of of folks who were following Jesus and confessing, proclaiming that Jesus was the the, the Messiah they were waiting for. If that didn't get their attention... (laughs) You remember in Acts chapter 2, Peter Peter preaches to a group of gathered Jews. The Holy Spirit descends and 3,000 of them become followers of the way, as the early Jesus movement was called. Now that's going to get you noticed by a conservative temple crowd. You're in a town of 60,000 people, 3,000 of them uh, become Jesus followers one day. They pretty much know who Peter and John are by this point. The apostles of Jesus are a concern and a threat within Judaism. And now they've healed the crippled beggar at the gate. Peter and John not unnoticed. And you can bet this man hadn't gone unnoticed either because he's dancing around. Our scripture says, And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. Well, no kidding. But they've gathered around in this wonder and amazement. I mean, this is, this is big, right? And Peter is a preacher. And now there's a gathered crowd. Do you all know what, do, what people do, what preachers do when there's a crowd gathered? He's not a healer. We'll talk about that in a minute. But he is a preacher. And now there's a congregation. Now, keep in mind, there is no religion called Christianity. Peter's a Jew. From the tip of his yarmulke to the bottom of his sandals, Peter has in no way moved away from his Jewish heritage. The Jesus movement is a movement inside the Jewish tradition. So, so Peter isn't preaching as a Christian preaching to the Jews. He's preaching as a Jewish man to his brothers. You Israelites, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we made him walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, God of our ancestors has glorified his servant Jesus whom you handed over and rejected in the presence of Pilate. Though he had decided to release him, but you rejected the holy and righteous one and asked to have a murderer given to you, you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. So Peter's not being very easy on his Jewish brothers. Now, miracles have many different purposes in the Bible, and mostly they are to teach us something. Like what heaven is like, or to broaden our understanding of the kingdom of God. 
But today's miracle, today's miracle intends to focus understanding about who Jesus really is. Jesus is the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. Douglas John Hall, a a Canadian theologian, has written about what he believes Christianity means in our current North American context. And, And he suggests that we're not still motivated by exactly the same fears and desires as our ancestors. Because so many of our basic needs are met, he suggests that what eats away at most of us is meaninglessness. He says that when we feel unnecessary, deprived of meaningful work or meaningful relationships or meaningful goals, when we can't find some purpose that's big enough to give our creativity to, he says that's when we become destructive. And destructive behavior faced outward in its extreme is crime and violence. Inward If it's focused inwardly in its extreme, it's depression, addiction. But the opposite of meaninglessness is life. Not, Not biology life, but the Greek word zoe, life. Life with purpose, quality, dimension, direction, love, abundance. Our, our, our Spanish friends might say la dolce vida, the sweet life. But this Greek word is even richer still. It, it's abundant life, eternal life. It is whatever meaninglessness is not. So in our passage today, we get... A sermon with action and a sermon with word. The apostles making the point that Jesus is the creator of this zoe, this quality of life. That Jesus is the author of it. And hoping that sparks will jump between the miracle and the preaching in a way that people will start to understand who Jesus really is and what he's come to do. So there is this sermon in action where a man dried up, forgotten, empty, unnoticed, who sits near the holy place of God's presence but always outside, always outside. And on this day, he gets noticed. Look at us. He's regarded for his potential, for his worth. Then by the power of Jesus, he is restored to his wholeness. He he was lame in so many ways. He He was unemployed, unregarded. He was alive, but he wasn't alive. He was lame. 
then by the power of Jesus he walks. He doesn't just walk. He leaps and jumps. And then we have this sermon of word. Peter stands to preach and says, You killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. It's the power of Jesus that's given this man the chance to realize the fullness of who he was created to be. It's not just a healing. This man's leg stretching out. I'm here to proclaim that Jesus is the author, the creator of this Zoe kind of life that heals and awakens all of what it means to be fully alive. You know that sometimes we make our own turns away from the high call of living into this kind of fullness. The biblical word for anything we do that moves away from living into that abundance is called sin. It's any form of destructiveness that leads us back to sitting in the corner with our all-day sucker of meaninglessness. And this This new community, the church, this community of Jesus followers is here that we might have a place, a place where folks actually say, look at us, this room, where, where folks actually see us. And then in the power of Jesus' name, call us to a more alive version of ourselves. Jesus saves. Jesus saves us from meaninglessness by giving us a community that sees us, by healing us from what limits us, and by reminding us that there is a purpose and a calling big enough to give our lives for. In the imagination and love of Jesus, he is the author of Zoe life. The author, the one who created this capacity for fullness. And as another of the gospel writers said, whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting Zoe Dr. Hall, the the Canadian scholar I mentioned earlier, suggests that what eats away at us is the fear that we might be unnecessary, just an accidental species with no real purpose on earth. And let's confess that this affects every single one of us. At times, every one of us has felt deprived of meaningful relationships or goals or work. At times, every one of us has felt crippled by something or unnoticed by people who pass. 
But the good news is that Jesus has authored a new way. Jesus is the author of life. It wasn't Peter and John who healed the man. It was in the power of the name of Jesus whose powerful whose power is available to us all even now. On this day, the gift of Zoe life is available to anybody who asks. It, it's an open gift to anybody who will say yes to it. And then when we commit ourselves to that yes... We come together with each other in this Jesus community to live lives of confession and discipleship and recalibration so that the fullness of life can continuously be restored. Jesus is the author of life abundant. Jesus heals and saves. Thanks be to God. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.